This Shabbos, Parshas Toldos, Tavshin Samaches, is Shabbos Mevarchim for Chodesh Kislev, which will be on Sunday. The strange phenomena of the month of Kislev, in terms of whether it's one day Rosh Chodesh or two days Rosh Chodesh, has created a system this year that there is actually no day called Lamed Cheshvan, the 30th of Cheshvan. So, interestingly enough, the Yartzeit of Harav Jolti, the former chief rabbi of Yishalayim, occurs on Lamed Cheshvan, which date does not occur at all this year. Poskim have, of course, decided which day should a person observe in the case where he has Yartzeit from Lamed Cheshvan, but without going into the halachic discussion, we've decided to use the day of Lamed Cheshvan, although it's not on the calendar, as this week m- discussing the life of Harav B'Tzalel Jolti. He was born in 1920 near Lomz in Poland. When he was seven, in 1927, his parents came on Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael, and he learned in the famous yeshivas of Yerushalayim, in Eitzchayim, and in Hebron. He was known as a major Eloi in those yeshivas, and there were a few people who had a, a select group of Chabura that were known to be the Eloim of Yerushalayim at that time. At a very young age, he was appointed to be Dayan in Tel Aviv, and later on, very shortly after, he was appointed to be the Dayan in Yerushalayim, and eventually, in 1956, when he was only 36 years old, he became the Dayan in the Beidin Agadol of Eretz Yisrael, Beidin Agadol in Yerushalayim. He was a Magid Shir in many, many different places. For many years, he served as the Magid Shir, the Rosh Kolel, of a unique Kolel that was found in Mossad Rav Kuk. It was called Yad Maimon. And he said she were there for a num- before a number of illustrious students, some of whom became very famous act in their own rights. One of them became the chief rabbi, the Svadi chief rabbi, Rav Bakshi Doron. Others include uh, Rav Gidon Pearl, the Rav of Alon Shvut. Rav Shila Raphael was involved in that kolel, who was the Rav of Kiat Moshe, uh, Dayan in Yerushalayim. It was a, a, a very exclusive group of people learning in that Kolel, Rav Maimon was there, the Magad Shir. He eventually founded his own yeshiva, which he called Yad Aharon, and today there is a Kolel, Yad Aharon, which is known as the Kolel of Rav Jolti. His son-in-law and others are active in that Kolel. One of his sons-in-law is Rav Wilamowski, whom I remember from the days when he lived in America and used to enter the Shi'ur of Rav Soloveitchik, to hear the Shir in Yeshiva University. In 1977, he was officially crowned as the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim. He was known as a great orator, as a great magadshir, and his svarim, Mishnas Yavitz, certainly made a great name for him. He wrote three volumes of Mishnas Yavitz, which are classics in the formulation of Shi'urim 
for the, a type of yeshiva learning. He's three svarim are one is an arachayim, which probably consists of shiurim that he gave before yamim tovim all over. That volume is the largest of the three volumes and is itself a, a very important work. The other svarim are one in Yaradaya, one in Choshemishpat are more yeshivish type of shiurim that he probably gave in Kololim in different shiurim around the country. Many other of his shiurim have been printed in other places. For example, that Kolel Yad Maimon that I mentioned earlier printed for many years a, an annual sefer based on Talmud, a collection of, of chidushim of their own Kolel, and of course it was always graced by the shiurim of Rav Jolti. Recently, a number of years ago, a sefer came out in memory of Rav Jolti, a sefer has zikaron for Rav Jolti, in which there is a sizable section of a work of Rav Jolti on every single sefer of the Mishnah Torah. They only chose one particular small piece about each sefer, but that itself shows the breadth and depth of Rav Jolti's lambdas. But I'd like to tell a story about Rav Jolti that I heard personally from the chief rabbi of Padis Chana, Harav Chaim Yaakov Levine, the son of Rabbi Levine. I noticed on the internet that this story has been told and retold, but the version that I'm going to say now is exactly what Rav Levine himself told me, and therefore I feel it is, the, it is much more accurate than whatever you can find somewhere else. One day in Padis Chana, Rav Levine was visited by Menachem Begin. I lived in Padis Chana at that time and served as a Ram in Midrashiat Noam. The vehicle of Menachem Begin was a government vehicle, a very fancy car that didn't usually come into a, a small village as Padis Chana was in those days. And of course it was the talk of the town. Why did Menachem Begin travel from Yerushalayim? At that time he was a minister in the government. He wasn't the prime minister, but he was a minister in the government. Why did he travel to Paris Chana? What did he come for? He was seen to visit the house of the rabbi, Rav Chaim Yaakov Levine. So I was on very good terms. I had the privilege of being very close to Rav Levine. And I went to speak to him. And I asked him, honestly, why did, uh, why did Benachem Begin come to visit him? And he told me that he was, came to offer him a position. And the background was as follows. Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank was once the Rav of Yerushalayim, a girdle accepted by everybody. From the day that he passed away, for many years Yerushalayim did not have a chief rabbi. It was difficult to find someone that everybody agreed on, that the government would offer the position, and the religious people would be happy with that decision. The Rabbanim of Yerushalayim, Rashi Yeshiva, and the great Rabbanim, were not satisfied by this lack of decision, and they decided to make their own move, as it were. And they had a meeting in Yerushalayim 
and they decided to choose Rav Jolti as the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim. They appointed Rav Jolti and they gave him a ktav, a document which proclaimed that in their name Rav Jolti became the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim. Now, of course the government of Israel could not come to peace with the decision that was made <coughs> by people other than the government. And therefore, they went to Rav Jolti and told Rav Jolti that it simply is not proper that a group, an ad hoc committee, as it were, would appoint a rabbi of Yerushalayim. This should be done through the government and it should be done officially. Rav Jolti said to them that he agreed with them. And he said that the, they want to force the government into appointing a chief rabbi, and naturally Rav Jolti was prepared to assume that position. The government said to Rav Jolti, but if they choose the candidate, they want to have freedom of choice, not to say that Rav Jolti was forced, it, for, forced upon them. And his answer was, that is true. I will step down if you appoint a chief rabbi for Shalayim. But he had one condition. The chief rabbi had to be someone that Rav Jolti himself would agree. They could not choose a chief rabbi and Rav Jolti would step down if he did not agree with their decision. They felt, of course, that this was some sort of a trick and Rav Jolti would not agree to anybody. So they mentioned names. I don't know how many, but they named Rav Chaim Yaakov Levin the chief rabbi of Parizchana, which was a small town, town at the time, and the son of Rabbi Elvin, who was an outstanding Tamit Chacham, who was known in the rabbinic circles as a true Tamit Chacham, who was appropriate to be the son of his father. He was also a great Sadiq. He was very modest, lived a very modest type of life, and they said he would be fitting to be the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim. Rav Jolti agreed to that suggestion. The government then decided to put it into action. So they asked Menachem Begin, who obviously knew the Levine family very well, because of Rabbi Levine's interest, involvement with Asirei Tzion, with the movement of the, those prisoners, with all the people that were fighting for the independence of Israel, and it's known that Levine, Rabbi Levine, was their father, Avi HaAsirim, the father of, of them, the person who had contact with all these people. So they suggested that Menachem Begin, who was a personal friend of the family, should go to Parizchana, offer the position to Rav Levine. And he did. And Rav Levine turned down that proposition he explained to me why he turned it down. He said when he was a little boy in Yerushalayim, he and his father used to go for walks in Yerushalayim. At night, one night, they passed the house of a lady who was knitting. Rabbi Levine said to the lady whom he knew, he said to her, whatever her name is, why are you knitting so late at night. Why don't you go to sleep? And her answer was, because she's an amana, she's a widow, and this is her parnasa, this is her livelihood. She must knit, she makes sweaters, and then she sells the sweaters, and has money for her needs. So, Rev. Levine said to her, so, you'll finish it tomorrow. 
she said, no, no. She has to finish it early because she has a client for whom she's making that sweater and he'll pay right away for that sweater. And Rabbi said, okay, so he'll pay it a few hours later. You'll do it a few hours later. He'll come a few hours later. She said, no, no, I need the money because I have to pay the malamed. My son goes to Cheder and he, we have to pay schalimud, we have to pay the tuition in the Cheder for the Rebbe and I must have the money on time. Rabbi said, I know the malamed. I know that person. I know the person who teaches your son. He's a very fine gentleman, a scholar. He certainly will not mind if you delay the payment a little bit. And she said to him, but maybe in his subconscious, without even being aware of it, maybe he'll treat my son differently if he thinks he doesn't get his salary on time. And I want my son to have the best type of education that the Malamed should treat him at least the same as other people. Evari was so impressed by this story, by what happened, that he gave the lady a bracha. And he said to her in the schus, in the merit of what you do, of raising your, ch- your children by yourself, we should, you should be privileged that your son should become a Talmud Chacham, a Tzaddik, well known within the world, he should be a Gadol B'Yisrael. Rav Levine continued, this was the mother of Rav Sholti. How could I possibly take a job which would conflict with the bracha of my father? My father's bracha is that Rav Sholti should be an Adam Gadol, be recognized by the world, and now he is recognized by the world. He was appointed chief rabbi of Yerushalayim, I cannot fight with my father's bracha. And he stepped down from the from the offer, and Rav Jolti then did become officially elected as the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim. Although we know very little about the background of Rav Jolti's family, obviously the tzidkus of his mother, this piety of his mother, certainly was a factor in his growth of being a Tamit Chacham. Rav Jolti's chidushim are quoted all over. This week, I happened to mention a point that Rav Jolti said in the laws of support for what, for wives in general. There, there is a halacha that in the case where a man does not marry his intended within 12 months, he has to pay for her support. In the time of the Gemara, the Eresin was done very early, and the Nesuin could be done a year later. But if a person did not do the Nesuin within that year period, he was fined, and he had to pay the money. Rav Jolti, in a, in a tour de force, pointed out that this is looked at as an independent type of fine rather than considered a marital obligation. He pointed out that the Rambam mentioned this halacha of fining him before he even mentioned the halacha that a husband has to support his wife. You cannot say that this is considered a marital obligation unless you would say that a husband in general has to support his wife. So it's a beautiful example of Rav Jolti's Torah that he, with his sharp eye he saw the organization of the Rambam and, and, and deduced the halacha from the organizational system of the Rambam and proved his point. Rav Jolti's speeches 
his elocution were very great. He defended many times the halachic position of the of religious Jewry in front of non-religious Jews in the Knesset and other places as well. Unfortunately, Rav Jolti passed away at a rather young age and we did not have the zchus of his being chief rabbi of Yushalayim for a long time. He passed away, uh, 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 I don't remember the exact date, but at a fairly young age, and chaval al da'avdin v'lomikshtakhin. It's a tragedy that we've lost people like that. We have, find trouble having people to replace him.